and Mr. Pena. And so I'm waiting for the shoe to drop, and he says, uh, you were a military officer, yes. You were an intelligence officer, well, uh, arguably yes, but I'm an infantry officer. He says, Mr. Pena's gonna head this up. Uh, and I head up what? Uh, I didn't ask him in the meeting. After the meeting, I said, well, Mr. Grazos, uh, head up what? The invasion. What year is this? 1981-82. Uh, 81-82, the Vatican, the CIA, Mel DeMarcos, Mobile, Mobile Oil, want to go in and remove the president. Hello guys, welcome to the 18th episode of the 1804. Um, today will be a quick episode, uh, just a video I kind of caught my attention, want to share with you guys. Um, I'll share it here, it's um, on Linden Reel. Um, Dan Penna is getting interviewed by uh, the host, I don't even know his name actually, but we'll probably get mentioned in the video. But he mentioned some serious um, interesting things, just to give you some background uh, before I get started. Um, this is from his website. So he's like a uh, businessman. He seems like he's like a type of mentor and he sells classes. But let's read you some of his intro on his website. So Daniel S. Penasini was born August 10th, 1945 in Jacksonville, Florida to parents Manuel and Amy Penna. His family later moved to East Los Angeles, California, where he spent his formative years in the barrio. Crime and violence were commonplace back in the day, so it was an to get to inevitable to that almost everyone living in that rough part of the neighborhood would learn how to stand up for themselves at a young age. He graduated from Rosetta High School in 1983. Um, Dan's father, Manuel, was former lieutenant commander for World War II and Korean War veteran CIA, CIA operative and was the lead investigator of the RFK assassination. I think that might be a typo for JFK assassination. Yeah. That's probably JFK assassination, yeah. JFK assassination investigation, 1968. Um, so, anyways. So, I guess he served as a... Um, yeah, well, actually has it right here. As a military officer at some point. So, he would usually get hired. He wouldn't be necessarily in the army, but he'd get hired. like Kind of like mercenaries, in a sense. You'd get hired by contractors to do a specific job, you either accept it or not. And that's what he basically went on doing for a bit. But I'll play the video here and I'll get to it. We talk about the potential coup in Haiti. Yeah, sure. You were yeah, about I'm to past oh, the, uh... Just to give you um, context, they're talking about potential coup. This was for, yeah, so that was 2019 before Chauvinet got assassinated. We talk about the potential coup in Haiti. Yeah, sure. You were yeah, about I'm to... past the uh, statute of limitations. Oh, wait, sorry. I mean, just to be clear, he's not referencing. I now understand he's not referencing to the a potential coup that might have happened when Juvenil was there. He's talking about what he's gonna be explaining in his story. We talk about the potential coup in Haiti. Yeah, sure. You were yeah, about I'm to... past the uh, statute of limitations. I mean, and this is something that we we forgot to even mention briefly in the movie. But I read your book again, cover to cover, after the movie. And I was like, how come I didn't remember this? And you mentioned it when I was at the castle, like in one of our coffee breaks. But, I mean, you almost went in there blazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was, um, 
I was at Onassis Shipping Lines, uh, uh, working directly for Konstantin Karatsos, who was the CEO of Onassis. And he said, we have this opportunity, uh, Mr. Penny, I want you to attend this meeting with me. And so I went, and uh, so they're going around, and the Mobile Oil was there, the Vatican was there, the head of the Vatican Bank, uh, a representative of Mel DeMarcos was there from the Philippines. Uh, and So I'll replay that again, and I'll get, I'll explain. Directly for Konstantin Karatsos, who was the CEO of Onassis. And he said, we have this opportunity, uh, Mr. Penny, I want you to attend this meeting with me. And so I went, and uh, so they're going around, and the mobile oil was there, the Vatican was there. The so at this meeting that where they're going to ask him whether he wants to do the job or not, uh, mobile oil was there, Vatican church was there, which I didn't know the Vatican had a church, which actually worth like $2.3 I didn't know, which is something I didn't know at all. But anyways, um, sorry, not the Vatican. Well, yeah, Vatican church related to Catholicism. The Catholic religion. The head of the Vatican Bank, uh, a representative of Mel DeMarcos was there from the Philippines, uh, and um, a guy from the CIA was there uh, representing supposedly Sec uh, Secretary of State, although they denied it later, but it was a CIA guys. And they said that um, the, uh, the church is interested in Catholics in Haiti. Uh, mobile oil is interested in uh, oil in Haiti, supposedly they have. Um, so I'll play that again. Uh, mobile oil is interested in uh, oil in Haiti, supposedly they have. Amel so there was these separate groups, like separate interest groups in this meeting. And one that caught my eye was the oil, because it's not the first time you hear of, um, especially after the earthquake happened, something with a tectonic plate. It's not the first time you've heard experts in this field say um, there's potentially oil reserves in Haiti. Well, actually in the whole, I'll say it in French, dans les Antilles. I don't know how you say it in English there, pronounce it in English, but so that whole area covering a bit of Cuba, Puerto Rico, Haiti, Dominican Republic might be another island I'm missing, but I know up till Puerto Rico, um, it's, it's that same area. Um, and there's all articles mentioning that, for example, I have one here. This is written back in 2019, it was from World Atlas, where are the major natural resources of Haiti. And then here you see a recent finding has shown that the nation of Haiti might have some of the largest oil reserves in the world. The oil reserves are estimated that they could be larger than those of Venezuela, which, by the way, before I was sure this is something you guys have heard of in the past. Let me finish this here. Nations that are found closer to the great Antilles, such as Puerto Rico, Cuba, Dominican Republic, and Haiti, are estimated to be sitting on natural gas of about 159 billion cubic feet and oil of about 142 million barrels. It is also estimated that undiscovered reserve could hold as much as 941 million barrels of crude oil and natural gas, though to be to be about 1.2 trillion cubic feet. Areas though to be rich in oil includes uh, central uh, central plateau, the Bay of Port-au-Prince, Tomon, and Cul-de-Sac-Pin. Daniel Mathurin, a French scientist, has compared Haiti's oil reserve to a swimming pool compared to those of Venezuela, which he likened to a glass of water um so yeah interesting facts too and we didn't and we don't know um there has been oil exploration in the past and what's interesting is the essentially what i'll go back to the video after i'm the once i'm done this article but he's essentially talking about how he was about to um be in involved in a potential coup against a uh, baby dog um we'll get to that soon uh, 20 oil sites have been already identified for potentially drilling with uh, potential drilling with five of them being considered crucial Scientists have supported the likelihood of massive oil reserves in Haiti since it has been found that areas where tectonic plates meet the ocean often hold 
huge amounts of hydrocarbons ready for exploitation. It is thought that the earth the earthquake that shook the nation recently could have allowed oil to seep into the fault lines. Scientists from various companies are currently studying the fault lines from Port-au-Prince onwards to try and find areas with unexploited deposits that are ripe for drilling. At least 3 million barrels have been discovered in what is regarded as shallow formations just off the nation's shore. The, the Oil Trade Journal of 1919, however, suggests that oil was discovered in the nation of Haiti long before current oil rush in the nation. So this is funny because this is showing even an um, archived article back in the 1919s. They're talking about potentially oil um, being in Haiti. Um, but the thing with that, too, it costs a lot um, to build, um, how you call it, refineries. And a lot of governments don't invest in their refineries like that, even for the United States. Like they do import their water oil or use LNG, but they're um, they haven't built a new oil rig since 1971, 1972. Like the ones that are there haven't. So it's been a while since they've actually built a new oil rig. And here in Canada, which well, I'll make my point here. But here in Canada, for example, we have second or third largest oil reserves. Um, however, um, since it's oil sands. It costs a lot of money. Well, first you have to um, build the infrastructure to get it out, but also it costs a lot of money because the refining process is not the same as for, say, the oil you'd see in Saudi Arabia, Nigeria, or Venezuela, for example. Other Marcos just wants to have a good time. Uh, and uh, the Onassis Shipping Lines is interested in shipping oil in Haiti. And Mr. Pena, and so I'm waiting for the shoe to drop, and he says, uh, you were a military officer, yes. You were an intelligence officer. Well, uh, arguably, yes, but I'm an infantry officer. He says, Mr. Penny's going to head this up. Uh, and I head up what? Uh, I didn't ask him in the meeting. After the meeting, I said, well, Mr. Gratzos, uh, head up what? The invasion. What year is this? 1981-82. Uh, 81-82, the Vatican, the CIA, Mel DeMarcos, Mobile Oil, want to go in and remove the president. Ta uh, they were uh, Baby Doc Duvalier yeah. and uh, Tonton Makut. Now, I don't know what, like, who knows if the story is true or not, because my only thing I wonder is wonder too, and I want to get back to the old thing, but like, I wonder what would have been the um, reasoning for that, for them wanting to go invade if Baby Doc wasn't um, doing their bidding in a sense, you know, or falling in line, which I don't think he would have fallen out of line. So I was just, he doesn't give more context. I'll finish the video. He doesn't give more context as to why, really. Maybe he doesn't know either, but um, that's something interesting to see. And back to the oil part, why a country, maybe like the United States, would want to go in. Well, it's um, something um, strategic. Well, there's two things, right? Uh, Haiti, in, in the sense that, like, it's in the United States' backyard, even back when the. Um, the speech from the Monroe Doctrine back in 18, 1823, when basically President Monroe at the time was like, oh, well, from now on um, in the Western Hemisphere, we don't want any European um, colonial, any European uh, European countries trying to um, colonize any of these territories here because it's in our backyard. Therefore, like basically the United States was trying to um, establish your influence in the Western Hemisphere. Um, now today, where if you look at the 80s, where the interest of mobile um, mobile inside the country, um, it could be something strategic. Maybe that that's in a sense they were going to do oil exploration because it doesn't necessarily means there was um, there's oil in Haiti. There could, could be some interest because there's like I said the thing with the tectonic plates has been mentioned many times. 
and numerous articles have been written about um, potential oil reserves in Haiti. But you also got to think too, like a, a weak government or a puppet government like Haiti, which has been most of its uh, most of its history. Um, with a weak government like that, um, you just allow more and more opportunity for outside country, like countries from the outside, to go in and mine. Because there's a lot of there's two or three Canadian companies at least in Haiti that are mining gold. Um, and using that, I'm sure they obviously to get a license and the government does get money, but it is not the same as if they, you know, if the country or company, um, Haitian companies would invest in the infrastructure and actually produce and mine their own stuff, um, resources and then sell it off. Right. A weak government, corrupt government's not going to get to that. Um, doesn't think that way. Um, has, not even Haiti, but has in um, in some countries I've shown, but there has been even some corrupt governments where they actually do take advantage or some very um, authoritarian governments where they do take advantage of the resources and they do sell it off and invest in infrastructure as well. And in terms of helping the country too, like I know there's this whole shift for, um, well, um, reducing fossil fuels and um, moving to green, but it's not realistic for most countries in the world that are like where most people are living in um, in poverty because it is more costly to move to a green, um, to shift to green rather than people burning coal or using gas for um, for their generators too because it is cheaper option of electricity for them rather than moving to this um, whole, um, the whole green shift essentially of reducing fossil fuel and helping the environment. Um, it's not realistic for most um, most countries, really. And even considering the fact that they're not even responsible for um, emitting most of the um, CO2 levels um, on the planet. Um, and uh, we were going to invade through um, Dominican Republic next door. And in Miami, I get a, uh, a message on my, uh, in those days, block phone, cell phone, um, from a guy named Isaac, who was our CIA operative. It said, uh, we're pulling the plug on the deal. The State Department uh, thinks it'll be too controversial. Bullshit, bullshit. But you were right. First of all, they asked you to do it, and you said, yes, I'm in. I said, yes. Yeah. And then I recruited a, uh, about a 250-man uh, army of mercenaries. Um, and, uh, American. Fran yeah. No, uh, French Foreign Legion, American, uh, Israel Israeli. So he was just mentioning the, the mercenaries that were involved in this potential coup, and it was... Israeli mercenaries, um, French mercenaries. I believe he said American mercenaries. Uh, our, uh, what do you call it? Our head guy, He, I was uh, the, the general, but the number one real military guy was a guy named Mike Williams, uh, who was West Point graduate and uh, uh, professional mercenary. His claim to fame, uh, unfortunately, was he was the last head of the Rhodesian Cavalry. Rhodesian, it was now Zimbabwe, and uh, with a picture of him riding on a horse and a bayonet and a baby, a black baby on the bayonet, his claim to fame. That was him. Him, okay. with the baby on the You're bayonet. always hanging out with the right yeah, people. Yeah. And Mike Williams, and so um, uh, we acquired a nuclear bomb, a nuclear device for a million bucks from nuke? the French. A nuclear device? Nuke. What because for? Because we we, we really we were going to nuke everything, but then we found out. Yeah, that's the thing, too. He mentioned referencing to Haiti that they were going to get a nuking device and nuke everything. I don't know nuke what he meant by everything. I don't think it's the. This guy seems all over the place, but he's like, I don't know if he, he has a good recollection of the events, but allegedly, if, if this is true, 
there was a nuking device that was in play um, to to nuke Haiti, some parts of Haiti, I'm assuming, maybe not the whole country. Um, that ruins everything for 20, 30, 50 years. That might have been the whole country then if they're talking about 20, 30 years. Oh, no, no, it wouldn't have been. That can't be. The capital, if it was in the capital, that, would, that could do a lot of damage, though. Obviously. So then it had to be boots on the ground. I believe I invented boots on the ground, but that, you know, other people argue with me that about phrase. that. Okay. And so you're going to go uh, in there with some Hueys. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we, we had uh, 21 Hueys. And by the way, kids, you know how Arnold and those guys hold those 50 caliber? You cannot hold a 50 caliber in each arm. You can't hold a 30 caliber in each arm. You can barely hold a 30 caliber in two arms. So when you see these movies, you know, they're not real weapons. But yeah, we were going to be boots on the ground. And uh, what'd your we, wife say all about this? Oh, uh, I left her along with it. I said, don't open this. If you open this, I'm dead. She said, it's one of the few times she didn't support me. One of the few times. But uh, the interesting thing is when, um, uh, when, when, when the deal got pulled, uh, the, uh, we had a list. Uh, the, um, the, the government in exile from Haiti was at the LaGuardia Airport, New York. They had about, you know, 80, 90 rooms. The list of uh, people that we were supposed to assassinate grew from six people to 600. You were going to take out what? Baby Doc and a few of the yeah, people. Yeah, oh, yeah, get Baby Doc. Yeah, out of yeah, there. yeah. All the top guys. Okay. And then they said you got to take out all the Tantat Makut. You got to take out all the mercenary butchers. You got to because you got to kill them all. So three seminars ago, we got a black. There's not familiar to Tantat Makut. Like I said, it was basically Duvalier's private private army or private mercenaries. You could say, not as sophisticated. Like I would say, but pretty much they would they would do his bidding. Kid, good-looking black kid sitting in the uh, audience. I go run, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jim Jones, uh, not, not uh, Dave Jones, whatever his name was. And I said, if I had whacked your damn life, serendipity uh, dealt you a good hand, now go out. Actual to deal. That. So yeah. the list went from six to 600, so it's getting a little out of control. You're and, ready that, and then that's when, allegedly, the State Department said no. But it I was mean, days away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, hours. Hours 36 away. 36 hours away. Chance of you making it through that alive? be pretty hairy real hairy i mean everything gets messy when all, all those plans go to shit right and you don't know first, who you can first trust shot and who plan goes I, to shit for all you know they know you're coming correct right i mean loose lips i yeah, mean jesus yeah absolutely but i was going to be the first off the head you know and blasted yeah and then after that when that fell to shit uh i was i was uh, uh, uh what do they call it gutted and then, you know, then I looked a couple times uh, going to uh, do some mercenary work in South America to get trigger time. Again, because I never saw combat. Right. And uh, the, um, the uh, but by this time, you know, I'm getting long in the tooth, you know. And now they've got mercenaries, arguably 40s and 50s. Now, b back in those days, they didn't. And so I'm too long in the tooth, and I had been away from the military too long. And You're so, in the 40s now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, it didn't work out. And so that's one, you know, one of my big, it's my main regret. But probably maybe for the better. Yeah, well, I'm here. I could yeah. I, I might have been killed, but I, I could have been killed by the buffalo running over me. Yeah. And, it, I, you know, I've had. Right, well, that was it, guys. Um, thank you for tuning in. Please like and subscribe if you got the chance. Thank you and take care.